on your mark, get set, podcast. That'd be like a really lame way to open the show each week. I like it. I think it's a cool little start. I wanted to save this for the show, by is, the way. Is that a liquid death? Sean, this is a liquid death. Is that mountain water, my friend? This is mountain water for wow. a mountain man. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Is it watery? That, that's that's mountainy fresh. <laughs> definitely taste the yeah, mountain. Yeah, you can mm. taste the mountain. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. The peaks, everything. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. I got to let my friend Colin try some of this. He's a water enthusiast. Wow. Yeah, he says that he can tell the difference between any water and Ice Mountain. He hates Ice Mountain with a passion. So uh, we did a little experiment with him. Was he right? Where I filled up two cups and I told them one was Aquafina and one was Ice Mountain. Sean, they were both Ice Mountain. And did he call it? No. Okay. He clearly said one was worse than the other. When they were the exact same When they same were the thing. same thing. And then he found out what I did and he said, that's a trick. And he got angry. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> but he was also but wrong. that's science. That's how science is conducted. Yeah. You have to lie to your test audience to get the truth. So I still don't understand why at this point, after that, yeah. you're like, oh, he should try some of this water because he's an enthusiast because he clearly knows nothing. <laughs> he knows nothing. You're like, right. He's, he's you're a right. fraud. He's a fraud. You proved it. He's the Freud fraud. Okay, you're right. I know a little bit more about water than he does. Yeah. And I say this is darn fine water. Yeah? Yeah. We are not yet sponsored by Liquid Death. Not yet, but, but will be. Very I do shortly. appreciate their branding. I do too. It's, they it's they have neat. some of the best branding I've seen. Yeah, because I wanted to try this for a while, for, but for the longest time, because it was all over Instagram. Mm-hmm. I thought it was alcohol, right? And, and then and, I found and, out it was just clean water. And as I was reading about it, they're like all these like these fun brands, these larger than life things, like Red Bull and Monster and all this. Like they've got this corner on the market of like extreme, you know, attitude and sports and all the stuff, and it's yeah. all exciting. But they're like. What the drink though is is poison. It's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's awful sugar and chemicals for you. Like it's bad for your body. Yeah. So why not have a cool brand with something that's good for your body, like say water? Ooh, uh, and so making water. They just went again. hard with liquid death. Yeah. As the water. Did you hear what happened last weekend uh, in Washington because of them? No. Somebody like ordered a case for themselves, like a teenager. Yeah. And when it arrived at their house, their parents saw the package, thought it was a legit death threat, called the cops, who called the fire department, who called hazmat. Oh, no. And, like, traffic was slow. It was on the news that there was this hazmat call. Yeah. But it was all 100% someone overreacting, a parent overreacting to a case of liquid death drinking water. This is genius. That's the best marketing one could ever ask yeah, for. it's fantastic. These guys are killing it. Um, so I... I like bringing. I mean, it's just water. And I, yeah. I bring a water bottle most places anyway, but I like bringing these onto shoots and stuff, and because everyone's like, "Whoa, what's that?" Yeah, it's just water. It's a cool guy. Yeah. It's just water, but it's got an edge, <laughs> like me. You're edgy water, dude. I've Thank always you. said that about you. Thank you. I appreciate. Yeah. That. Be like edgy water. I love. I love chatting and getting to know you. Yeah. And and I love telling long jokes and stories. I'm a big fan of long jokes. But I'm just so stoked about this chapter. I want to get into it. Let's do it because this is one of the best chapters we've had in Hardy history of, well, not in Hardy history, but of this book. This has been my favorite I chapter. I would venture to say in Hardy history at this point, three books in, this is one of the best chapters you've ever read. Okay, yeah, because I laughed a lot at this one, and it has my favorite thing of all time. 
It has like four <laughs> of my favorite things of all time. Um, so without further ado, you, let's get into it. To chapter two. Sorry, I got, I'm all mixed up because I'm so used You're to rhyming the at the there. end. It's I hear do, and I just need to rhyme with two. Uh, hang on, let me get back to chapter You're, seven. Sleuthing by, by microscope. microscope. Nice. Uh, which is the least exciting thing <laughs> yeah. that happens in I, this chapter. Honestly. They're so bad yes. at naming the chapter. I thought I was going to hate this chapter because as soon as I opened up, I saw sleuthing by microscope. And I thought, not the microscope again. Oh, my again. God. Don't just look at things. <laughs> do something. Do Have something. some adventure. Yes. I'm tired of hearing Chad complain oh about this boy, thing. oh, boy, do they. Uh, so where do we leave off? When we left off, they were crawling inside a cave, yeah. and they found a tunnel behind some rocks, and yeah. they wedged themselves in this tunnel mm. when they heard Callie scream, Ooh. and Joe or Frank was like, uh, Frank exclaims, that's Callie, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was good. It was thank a good you. reading. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, um, so that, that's, that was the cliffhanger. Something's wrong. Something's End wrong. End of yeah. chapter. Dun, dun, dun. But now- Open scene. Ooh. Exterior. Day. Ooh, dawn. What? Dawn. It's not at dawn. Let's just say it's at dawn. Well, they cooler. already had lunch. They had a picnic ah, lunch. Ah, they did. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, ah, Frank and bummer. Joe scrambled through the tunnel and out of the cave. They found Chet and the girls staring at an arrow embedded in the sandy Ooh. beach. Bum, bum, bum. Nice. It... It, it almost hit us. Iola quivered. Callie, who was white-faced with fear, nodded. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. now, now, I just thought, before we dive any <laughs> deeper, like, of all threats and scary things, like, yeah. an arrow is the dumbest. Oh, yeah. And if you think about the it... The most random. An arrow embedded <laughs> in the sandy beach, which means... It was silent. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a gunshot or something like ricocheted or like it's stuck into like There's the side a of a board wind next to them. That they perhaps felt. Not even. It, it, it was far, like, <laughs> at best, they faintly heard like a. <laughs> just, Did a fly just unzip its pants? Like, there's a solid chance that they could have left never noticing the arrow. Yeah. Like, it is such a stealthy thing. Like, Bow hunters can get really close, and in fact, have to because bow and arrows don't shoot that far. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is just like <laughs> making something seem so dangerous and exciting, but really it's an arrow landed in sand <laughs> silently nearby. Oh, but no. in spite of how anticlimactic and not actually scary it is, yeah. Joe was furious. Well, Joe's going to be furious. Whew. Whoever shot it shouldn't be allowed to use such a dangerous weapon. He burst out. That's a hunting arrow, and it could have caused a serious injury. Right, Dad? Well, also, yeah, it's a hunting arrow. It's designed to cause <laughs> serious injury. I don't think there's one arrow that's not designed to cause serious injury. I think injury. the arrows in cartoons that have a plunger <laughs> on the front of them that you like shoot onto a building and use to so climb. So you climb? Yeah. yeah that's, Maybe that's, that's the, the only one, one exception. And you can still get injured because if you try to climb that, that plunger is coming off. That's true. Yeah. And you can still shoot someone in the face with it and plunge their face. Yeah. You do that in cartoons too. I had a friend who had his face plunged. Oh, yeah, face plunged. never the same after that. <laughs> 
You know what I feel yeah, you've like? You've heard of him, Christopher Plunger? <laughs> Very nice. I feel like Mel Brooks in Spaceballs with this liquid death. Mel Brooks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. President Scrooged? I was thinking of Mel Gibson for just a second. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't Remember think Mel Gibson? Yeah, he, he played yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote Robin Hood Men in Tights. So good. Gibson. He was blinked in. It's the second time we brought up Men in Tights. Uh, oh, here we go. Best. Get into the chat. Yeah, take it. Okay, so a hunting arrow whizzes past him. That's a hunting arrow. Could have caused a serious injury. Also, by the way, whoever shot it shouldn't be allowed to use such a dangerous weapon. That's just a fun blanket thing to yell. (laughs) And I feel like had they addressed that in this era, like so many of the massive violent crimes right now, like if you could say that of like, oh, that person shot at people? Well, they shouldn't be allowed (laughs) to use guns. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Hey, someone like this guy. This guy should be doing something. Senator Joe Hardy. Where do I sign? Joe. Joe. Uh, So Chet gulps. I'm with Joe. (laughs) (laughs) We need to do a fake infomercial for Joe Hardy's political running. We need somebody to play Joe Hardy. Well, yeah, we can get someone to play Joe Hardy. He's the blonde, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Joe is the blonde. I don't know know any any blondes. You know what? It's fine because they have that hairspray that changes your color. We'll just buy some of that. Okay. I think I have a blonde wig that we've worn in you photos do. Yeah, uh, for Brett Poison before. wig. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Twisted it's sister. It's a great wig. Uh, check uh, gulped. Maybe the Indians haven't left here after all. He said, trying to hide his nervousness. Left. Chet, I don't think the Indians ever left anywhere. I think they were forced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. I do appreciate this, though, because, I mean, the blatant racism aside, uh, yeah. it is funny. <laughs> like, in the in the moment, if an arrow gets shot at you to make a joke about yeah. Indians, <laughs> when you're scared, when, like, everything's on the line like that, like, yeah. that is absolutely how I would react <laughs> to a situation like this. Like, I, f- I feel like if I were someplace and an arrow, like, grazed my arm and then stuck into a tree, I'd be like, well... At least it's not raining. <laughs> be, I'm just going to try to diffuse the tension as an instinct before I really get into the anger part of it. So I get you, Chet. So, okay, I like that. You're going Chet versus Joe in your furious rage. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Of like, these trees shouldn't be allowed to be here. <laughs> with oh, all this Joe. sand, this shouldn't be here. Then we get into one of my favorite lines. Yes. Joe turns to dash <laughs> off into the woods to search for the bowman. And I love when they give us, like, my, one of my favorite ongoing jokes in this podcast is, like, the Blankman. Yeah, dude. And, yeah, I have it underlined. I have Bowman underlined, like, four times. Bowman cracked me up, dude. Who is the Bowman? <laughs> I'm a clubman. Dude, Which, I've been using men for everything. We'll do a board night games on Saturday night. Some board always gamesman? A, ga- a board gamesman, yeah. yeah. If people are loving it. It's like a joke that kills, and no one knows it. I'm just quoting the Hardy Boys. Yeah. But it works. We're I'm, podcastmen. Oh, yeah. we need a shirt that says podcastmen. I like that. I yeah. get on that. Yeah, I That's can get down on this. within my powers. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, a Frisbee tournament called the Show Me State Game. Well, the Show Me State Games is like this Missouri uh, athletic competition. There's all sorts of sports, basketball, baseball, football. Okay, that's cool. Um, ultimate Frisbee, archery. Mm-hmm. Things like this, and for whatever reason, a lot of Indians. For for whatever reason, uh, 
the ultimate frisbee tournament for the past several years has happened on the same day and same field as the archery tournament. Ooh. And we've befriended a few of the archers, one in particular, um, and uh, and we we've watched her, mm-hmm. and she is a longbowman. Ooh. So the compound bow is a modern invention, which makes it easier to draw aim and all that yeah, sort of stuff. It's... She's using a, a wooden bow, just one piece of wood that bends and stretches when you pull back on it. Yeah. And she was explaining like how much harder it is, the, the range on it is reduced compared to a compound bow, and um, it takes more finesse and more skill. Mm-hmm. And given all of that, I'm thinking about like, like when we're standing there, our Frisbee fields are uh, 40 yards wide. Not that big. Uh, their archery targets aren't quite as far away as like this competition archery yeah. is not really happening at that great a distance. And so given all that, <laughs> this bowman could not have been that far away. And, right. and what I'm curious about is they've, they've given us all this direction, like the, you know, they're south of here and mm-hmm. the bank turns right and all this sort of stuff for, if they're on the beach and this this arrow is embedded in the beach. Where does a person have to stand for the arrow to hit the beach? Other side of the river. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you're just further up the shore, they're gonna see you. Well, not only are they gonna see you, but you can't really shoot an arrow that's gonna embed in the like unless you shot it way up in the air where it's gonna come down. Right. The angle is going to put it into the river. Like you'd just be shooting oh, over the beach. So you have to be yeah. across the beach. Across the river, yeah. shooting into the beach. Or he's so, in a boat in the river. Also possible. It was a Viking funeral, and things went wrong. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not It's not possible to be, like, up the shore and shoot an arrow into the beach unless yeah. you just shoot it way up into the air, which you have no real control over where it goes. Um, that said, for Joe to run into the woods to search for the bowman is the wrong move. It's a bad idea. You should look at the arrow and which way it's pointing and then go that way because it definitely did not come from the woods further up shore. Right. This I know. Yeah. Now I'm also and That's why you're a better detective. I also know that later we're going to find out that it indeed did somehow come <laughs> from up here. Um but alas this is this is where we are. Well, this could be a whole JFK situation. Maybe there's actually three bowmen. Oh my god. And there were the three arrows. Bowman. <laughs> On the grassy knoll. Sound of the Zapruder tapes. So Joe turns to dash off into the woods to search for the bowman. Wait! Oh. Frank called. He had pulled the arrow from the sand. This was done deliberately. <laughs> yeah. Duh! Yeah, no one accidentally shot an arrow <laughs> next to you. This was done deliberately, he announced grimly, holding the arrow up for all of them to see. <laughs> Attached to the shaft, just below the feathers, was a tiny piece of paper. Now, I know what your first question everyone's asking is, wait, how is it attached, <laughs> though, to the shaft just below the feathers? And luckily, Leslie gives us here, it had been fastened on with adhesive tape. <laughs> Not just tape, but adhesive tape. Like, if you were thinking it was bubble tape... <laughs> It's not. I was. I was very much thinking that. Ticker was it tape? double-sided tape? Audio tape? <laughs> no, it's a this was adhesive tape. tape. Uh, so Frank unrolls the paper and read the printed message aloud, Danger, Hardy's beware. Nice. 
and now things are getting real. Yeah. So this is this is akin to the movie Shooter. Ooh, Shooter comes up a lot on this podcast. It's such a good movie. There's so many great life lessons. But they said, how do you remove all doubt when you want to murder someone? Shoot them while they're standing next to the president. And so they they murdered that Ethiopian president or whatever. They shot him. The sniper shot him when he was next to the president. And assumed that they were shooting at the president and not the other guy. And they missed, yeah. Perfect crime. Yeah. Except for... Mark Wahlberg brought the world down upon them. <laughs> Other than that, though, perfect crime. Wahlberg, dude. Bob Lee Swagger was not taking it. I don't it. think so. Is that his name? Bob Lee Swagger? Bob Lee Swagger is his name. One of the best. One that the is best a good names. one. Yeah. He's a swaggerman. I guess Bob Lee didn't <laughs> think he was expendable. <laughs> that's, that's my Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was uh, uh, Pee Wee Herman from Mystery Men, a hundred percent. No, that's that's uh, <laughs> Danny Glover. Is that how he sounds that's in it. That's what he sounds like in that. Do it again. Guess Bob Lee didn't think he was expendable. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Mystery Men? Yeah, you sound like Paul Rudin. I sound like Danny Glover. You sound like the Finch. During the break, we're gonna watch. <laughs> A clip of Shooter, so you can see. We may even watch the clip where Danny Glover says, guess Bob Lee didn't think he was expendable. And you're going to be like, wow, Sean, you nailed it. It's 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 the uh, the Mystery Men voice mixed with uh, Bill Cosby. You just, you're just all Cosby today. You're coming That's up Cosby. not true, and I don't appreciate it. You did something like that. Wow. <laughs> That's... That's close to being good. That's right. Yeah, it's right there. My my parents have been telling me that my whole life. You are close to being good. <laughs> it's so close, David. Go try again, buddy. Uh, Danger, Hardy boys. Beware. I added the boys because it sounded right. Yeah. Danger, Will Robinson. So they. It was they, a robot. It was a robot. It's a robitman. Robiterol. Robitosin. The. They have this discussion with the girls of like, oh, you guys are wrapped up in something. Like, your things are yeah. like, this is a warning. Uh, and they're, they explain to the girls, like, you know, a warning did come to dad. This mm. could be, like, they don't know which case this is about. This could be about the money thing. Yeah. This or could the be mysterious dad case. The, yeah. The, maybe it has something to do with our present. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the surprise. The surprise. Deluxe package. <laughs> um, but this one is obviously meant for Joe and me. Whoever shot that arrow trailed us here. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, boys. Yeah, you're getting You're in the middle of nowhere it. next yeah. to Elkton <laughs> yeah. where you just questioned people and saw a ghost boy on the bike that delivered a message yeah. to your house. Yeah. Yeah, you wandered you into think? the hornet's nest, guys. <laughs> Sorry. I like it. Up. I know you did. That's the next... Uh, Oh, I can't. Who wrote the girl with the dragon tattoo? Stig Larson or something like that? I was going to say, I think it's Stig Larson. I don't know these <laughs> things, David. This is this is your repertoire, not oh, mine. Okay, well, that sounds like the next uh, version of that book. Is... If you want to talk about what is the title of the Jake and Amir video with the line. Yeah, X, that's very impressive. That's where, to I, me. Can, it's, it's that's very where impressive. I can sing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so after all this, and they talk about all, both warnings, Joe frowns. I wonder if the same person sent both warnings. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to wonder. Yeah. That's something that 
a detective <laughs> might wonder. Good delivery. Thank you. You're welcome. And then Frank adds, I still think Ken Blake could give us a clue. But we must remember that anybody could have taken the bike from the storage place under the mill. Which is Fair. technically true. Yeah. But not the disclaimer... That you should give as a detective. Like, you need to piece things together. And yeah, right. at any point, you there could be a, a copycat. Conclusion. There could be, you know, yeah. something that goes awry. But you got to follow the evidence. Honestly, yes. You have to frame someone first to find out if you're right or wrong. Like, someone has to be a fall guy. That's just how... That's, that's politics, baby. If you're going to look at how to investigate a case, or how to sleuth, if yeah. you will, um, by microscope or otherwise, <laughs> if you're learning from the greatest detective in the world, yeah, in the first book... He knew it was Red Jackley, and then the rest of the book was just confirming his hunch. Correct. It was never like, well, it could be anybody, but maybe it's like Red Jackley could be innocent here. Yeah. Never was that the case. And I think the boys need to do that same thing. I like, well, Ken Blake is absolutely guilty here. Yeah. Yeah, anyone could have taken the bike, but they didn't. Yeah, because it was Ken Blake. People, are and nice. people don't steal. Yeah. yeah, it was no other freakishly tall fourteen-year-old. <laughs> it was Ken friggin' Blake. I imagine his pants are high waters. I think they have to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he has to buy fourteen-year-old clothes. And he walked through this river to shoot an arrow from the other side <laughs> of the bank. <laughs> Thank God my pants don't stop at my kneecaps. So after this long discussion, Frank pocketed the latest warning, and the five searched quickly <laughs> for any lead. To the Bowman. I, I like that he pocketed the latest warning, and I imagine it's still attached to the arrow. <laughs> Shoved so it just... in his thigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll remember where this is. Yeah. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, then we get one of my favorite Hardy Boys catchphrases ever. Yes. They found none. <laughs> they went searching for clues, and they found none. Now, tell me a bit, before the next paragraph... Yeah, we know it's about to happen weather-wise. Tell me what it's like currently. The weather here, nice, yeah. perfect, good sunny day. What time of day? It's a picnic day. Yeah, lunchtime. Yeah, lunchtime-ish. Sky, sweet day. Sky is beautiful. Sun blue. overhead. Get a little bit of that that breeze coming in, just a little bit, not too much. It's, okay. a, it's a pretty hot day. If you were it's going to look day. for clues, would you say that this is good conditions to look for clues? I would say this is great conditions to okay. look for clues. That's all. Okay. Pop nope. a pin in that. <laughs> Pop a pin in that. We will be back, my friend. Uh, when the group returned to the beach, Joe looked at the sky. We're in for a storm. And not one of us has a raincoat. Yeah! <laughs> that That's the CSI. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I, that, dude, I wrote best one-liner ever. And now he put one on of sunglasses us has a raincoat. <laughs> Joe. Yeah! <laughs> Joe, who are you talking to? <laughs> Who'd you wink at? <laughs> Best line. Come oh, on. That's good. We're in for a storm and not one of us has a raincoat. So, They're about to rob a bank with lines like that. Let me let me walk you through what happens next, storm-wise. Stop it. me for any notes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna push through this storm here. Push through it. The bright summer sun had disappeared. Behind a towering bank of cumulus clouds. Nice. What kind of clouds, you ask? The cumulus. cumulus. <laughs> uh, there were rumbles of heavy thunder, followed by vivid Thunderman. flashes of lightning. The air had become humid and oppressive. Let's get out of here, Chet urged. This isn't a picnic anymore. Right there. Yeah. Should be the tagline of 
every Hardy Boys book. This isn't a picnic anymore? Yes. Because <laughs> there is a picnic. <laughs> There's a picnic in every one of the books. Yeah. This is essentially how you can describe every single book. It is no longer the picnic. There's a picnic, There's a picnic at Willow Grove and, in the yeah. first book. There's a picnic how, I behind Pollock Place yes. in the second book. And they had a picnic on the shore uh, by Elkton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's no longer picnics. Now we're getting into the mystery. We're at page 60. Anymore. You know there's no more picnics. <laughs> picnics are <laughs> over. Picnic time is over. But it's mystery time. So now, like, the air became human and oppressive. Vivid flashes of lightning and Chet's like, hey, let's get out of here. And then they go up to the car. My question is, how quickly did this happen? And why yeah. did they wait for so Like, it seems like while they're standing around talking about the arrow and stuff, it's still fine out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's awful out, which has to take at least 10 minutes for a storm Easily. to develop. Yeah. And then it's a now, in. now it's lightning. And then they're like, okay, let's get out of here. It's like, why didn't you leave earlier? <laughs> why Why did you wait for it you to get to here? Remember when everything started to turn a little green and the sun started to dip down? Remember when the air got oppressive? <laughs> yeah. So they hastened through the woods. Up to the road to Chest Jalopy, and as they drove off, rain began coming down in torrents. Ooh, yeah. A lot of downloads. A lot of downloads. Oh, my God. So many illegal downloads. Um, It was like a Pirate's Bay out there. It was like a Pirate's (laughs) Bay. But so at this point, the rain did not affect anything, right? Correct. (laughs) They made it to the car without getting wet. And they're driving out. I'm sorry. That's a good joke. What's that? The Pirates Bay joke. It is a good that joke. That was really good. It you is a you good have tickled joke. me. There's a you there's an audience yeah, that's for which that really joke that. resonates. And I, I just need to make sure people, if you don't get the joke, just look into it. Because that was a great joke. Um, Go on. So you, as we were reading, you heard me laugh. Yes, very hard. This is, this is the laughing paragraph for me. Okay. Um, so... Chet drops off his sister at the Morton Farm and at the same time picked up his new microscope. We've talked a lot about this microscope, right? Yeah. And they're giving Chet trouble about his microscope. And, yeah. You know, is he going to cheat on tests? Are you going <laughs> to look for the answers? And, oh, better find some specimens for your microscope. Um, so he picks up his microscope and he begs the Hardys to try out the instrument on both warning notes. And the Hardys smilingly agreed, although they had an up-to-date <laughs> model of their own. This whole time, they the also time. they also had a really good microscope, an even better, higher class model that they didn't work for, like Chet. Why? Why would they give so much trouble to this I know poor why. boy? Because they wanted to be the only ones on the block with the microscope at home. Everyone else had to use it at school, but they felt special because they had it at home. They were trying to get Chet to give up on his microscope yeah, dreams, so they could be the I only ones with microscope dreams. <laughs> They're investing in stock. To me, that was just hilarious that this whole time... Yeah. <laughs> like, Chet put all of his money into Hard this... Hard-earned money, All too. of it into this microscope, yeah. and never once were they like, you know, if you want to try... You know how you switch <laughs> hobbies so quickly and we give you crap for that? If you want to try our microscope to yeah, see if see you, if like, you it, like it, we have an up-to-date model. Yeah. It's not an old model. <laughs> it's an up-to-date model. I feel like this is the first time that Chet also finds out they have this microscope. Yeah, I'm sure his face. Yeah, his is face just, just drops. Although they don't chin say to it the ground because it's no. just 
the Hardy smilingly agreed, although they had an up-to-date model. This is the narrator <laughs> just negging, like, whatever, and they've got their own <laughs> microscope. Chet can play with his. Um, by the time they had said goodbye to Callie at her house, Chet had driven the queen into the Hardy's driveway. And just before it affected the plot at all, <laughs> the storm had ended. Why have a storm at all? I feel like he had to hit a certain amount of words for this chapter. And he was just like, I guess I'm just going to add in this storm. I don't know. I'll talk about cumulus clouds or something. <laughs> talk about torrents. I don't know. Maybe it was the not find the guy. Maybe he knew he shot with a bow and it was like, oh, we can't get away fast enough. So something natural has to happen that stops them from pursuing a storm sure. makes sense. They're on a bay. The Pirate's Bay. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. I'm fine with that. I'm not. It's still it's Yeah, still it's baloney. really stupid and infuriating. Um, Given, it's probably just in the rewrite. I can guarantee the storm was added for the rewrite. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd oh, put yeah. money on that. Immediately, the three boys went to the laboratory over the garage. Here, Frank carefully dusted the arrow and the second warning note for Prince. He blew the powder away, and Joe and Chet looked over his shoulder as he peered through the magnifying glass. What sound effect was that? That was uh, sort of like a glass sliding into place. Like a slide on the microscope? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Nothing. Same as the warning to Dad. This person no doubt wore gloves. Hee <laughs> hee! Yeah, I think it's Michael Jackson's son. Oh, shooting bows. I was thinking of gloves. No Doubt, and I'm like, I don't think No Doubt sings like that. Oh, that's uh, No Doubt's Gwen Stefani. Two ships passing in the night. What song does No Doubt sing? Spiderwebs was their big one. No, I don't know that one. And don't speak. Yeah, I know, I know just what, what you're saying. So please stop explaining. Don't tell me because I know. <laughs> I don't know lyrics. Thanks dog. for listening, guys. We had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you find a better podcast that you like. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by other podcasts. I do like the idea of No Doubt Wore Gloves. Just like the band No Doubt always wore gloves. No Doubt Wore Gloves. Yeah. yeah. It's a good t-shirt. It's a, just, it's, a good, it's a good t-shirt that's cut off just before it hits the waist. Oh, yeah. Right at the belly button? Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm imagining, though, is the band No Doubt, and then you find a... Um, not even a PNG file, just a JPEG file of gloves on a white backdrop. And instead of masking out the gloves, you just take the whole image and put it over their hand. So it's got this big white square with so the you, glove in it. You want it to be poorly photoshopped. For, poorly photoshopped, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, so we got to find some place in the middle of this page to take a break. But uh, now to compare this paper to the first note, Joe said. Right, his brother agreed. You have the combination to the cabinet in Dad's study. Chet and I will rig up his microscope while you get the note from the file. Mm. This is weird, <laughs> weird dialogue once again. Like, yeah, like almost like they're trying to keep it from Chet in a weird. This whole actually, <laughs> the next few pages seem like they're really trying to like put some distance Dude, between them and Chet. There's a moment where Chet can feel it too and uh-huh. he has this Irish goodbye with them. Yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's going on? We're, we're getting there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and Chet continues to make 
contributions of his time and resources. His food, thanklessly. too. Yeah, yeah, and his he food. He does so much for them. And his sister. I mean, that's Frank's favorite crush. Yeah, it's his favorite date. Yeah. Um, so Fred, Frank and Chet. Give us that paragraph. Just walk me through. I don't know how to set up a microscope. Maybe you can tell me, David. Oh, yes, sure. Absolutely, Sean. Frank and Chet first focused and adjusted the microscope, making sure it was level on the table. Does that really matter? No, not one bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how microscopes were in the 1950s, but no, that does not matter. Unless you have the wonkiest table in the world where it's like, make sure you put 16 like matchbooks under this leg so it doesn't fall off Even the table. Still, what if your microscope is pointing sideways? You're looking at paper. It's not gonna, if if you're it looking all, well, at like it says a it's fluid. double latched down to the slide. Oh wow, I believe so. So yeah. yes, they can honestly be upside down looking at it, and it now, would make no. I difference. I know what you're thinking. They probably just plugged in the illuminator and went with it. No, 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 oh, no, no, David. No, they did more than just plug in the illuminator and they, go with they, it. They plugged in the illuminator and checked to see that it did not provide too dazzling of a reflection. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want this glimmer glass in front of the lens? Because it does something amazing to the specular highlights. <laughs> I got a star filter too. Oh, wow. <laughs> when Joe returned, Chet took the two pieces of paper and fitted them side by side under the clips on the base, in which they <laughs> enhanced the anti-gravity room. And fl- <laughs> enhance. Enhance. Uh, okay. Want to take a look, fellas? How about we pop a break here? Who's Papa Break? You haven't met Papa Break? No. Well, I'll introduce him to you while we take a break on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, but we're, we're nearing we're nearing the end where they're going to make a couple discoveries here and then start to sleuth. Yes, I like sleuthing. And make some bad decisions. Bad, bad, bad. Be needlessly vague bad, as a narrator. Uh, but yeah, so with that, <laughs> the boys took a break. And yeah, see, I can't. I I was going to continue going into it, but that story goes into cursing. Oh. Yeah, when I started recording the podcast, but it was awesome, which makes you censor it. Yep. But movie are, what movie? What movie are you describing? It's a film called Sexy Beast. It's a Jonathan Glazer film with uh, uh, with Ben Kingsley and uh, Ray Winston. Is is Jonathan Glazer the Jonathan Glazer I'm thinking of, or a different John Glazer? Uh, John Glazerman. No, there's John Glazer, the comedian who did like. John Glazer loves gear. Oh no, I don't know that, that one. series. He was in uh, Parks and Rec, I believe. Never watched it. Um, he's in some Tim and Eric stuff. Never really. Uh, he's watched an Adult it. Swim. Okay, recurring person. Not that one. This okay, one did uh, <laughs> movies that are not. He did a movie called Birth with Nicole Kidman about the child who comes back and says he's a reincarnation of her husband who passed away. Interesting. Uh, and then he did Under the Skin, that film with ScarJo. Yeah. So he did that, that. He just did a new short film, Sexy Beast. Am I forgetting one? I don't think so, but Brett will let us know if I did. Okay. Very angrily. Speaking of, we are not recording this at Brett's house. No. Enjoying hearty themed snacks right now. Did we discuss what he said he's going to do? Uh, yeah. He said on he, the podcast? No, not did on we, the podcast. Did the people know that Brett is supposed to be making us Welsh Rabbit? Uh, Welsh Rabbit and maybe chicken, chicken sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah, we're getting chicken sandwiches. Other hearties themed. Uh, foods that have been yeah, a motif. Maybe, Milk, maybe some cookies. Coo- yeah, cookies. Cookies and lemonade. Oh, we're getting the lemonade dips? 
Maybe. I would give it a shot. Brett, I would very much – here's your choice. You either go to a farm and milk a cow. I want hand-milked milk. Or you have to make <laughs> freshly squeezed lemonade. For us to dip our cookies in. Yeah, but I want the ice cubes to also be made out of lemonade. Yeah, you don't want it to get diluted. Yeah, I don't want a water ice cube. I don't want a water cube. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to dilute my lemonade yeah. as slowly as the day I goes on. Also, I have Italian friends. Don't say that. Um, I also want a uh, bit of lemon cut up and placed directly in the center of the cubes. You know like what I'm Suspended in the center of the cube? Yeah. I want him to chop up lemon pieces and place them in the cubes while they freeze. I want the lemonade to have actual lemon in it. I'm just curious as how do you center the lemon in the cube. I said, Listen, I'm not a scientist. Someone's going to have to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, not my department. <laughs> um, but so we're, looking forward, we're looking yes. forward to podcasting from... Uh, from the Hoy House. From the Hoy House. Um. When we last left them, just a moment ago, they had started to look at the uh, two warning notes, the one that was delivered by bicycle yes. to the mailbox and the other that was delivered by hunting arrow to a beach <laughs> uh, very stealthily. Um, and they noticed the quality and mm. texture are definitely the same, Frank mm. observed. Mm. Um, next, he lifted the second note from under the clip and slowly moved the paper back and forth under the lenses. A watermark, he exclaimed, stepping back so that the others could look at the small, faint imprint. Mm. Um, and I guess this was from a time where this mattered. Yeah. Like, I guess not everyone had access to paper at this <laughs> yeah. point. Because, like, if you get a note now, you're not tracing the the paper source and looking for... Unless you're the FBI. You could look for those yellow dots to find the printer. Yeah. But With I would LED say lights. your lay person, your juvenile detective of right. sorts, yeah, yeah, is yeah, not yeah. going to be looking for a watermark and then being like, well, that narrows it down. Yeah. But as we're going to find out, <laughs> of course it does. A watermark, he exclaimed, uh, sure is a five-pointed star. Oh. This could be a valuable clue. We can try to track down exactly where this paper came from. <laughs> I imagine it's just a, one of those gold stars your teachers give you on your test in like third <laughs> just grade. Just looking at it really, really close. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? <laughs> Whoever wrote this note must have done a very good job. <laughs> yeah. Is it scratch and sniff? Everyone's <laughs> very proud of whoever wrote this note. <laughs> I miss that. We should, as adults, like if you're working for someone and uh, you know they give you a review or something of yourself, you should get a sticker if you did a good job. Something that just says "Way to go" or "You're doing it, Peter." What? <laughs> That's what I want the shirt. Of. Just a Hardy and Son shirt that says, you're doing it, Peter, with the gold star. I'd buy that, dude. Buy that for a dollar. My very own, you're doing it, Peter, gold star shirt. Oh, God. I like that. Good. Good. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so we can try to track down exactly where this paper came from. And also the arrow, says Chet. I'll make rounds of the sports stores in town. Swell, Chet. Thanks, Frank <laughs> yeah. said. 
<laughs> we won't. And then I wrote, "We won't share the reward or pay for gas." <laughs> and well, you're gonna Chet. have to pack our lunches, Chet. Thanks. Oh, Chet, you're still here. Oh, my God. <laughs> so after their friend had left, the Hardys consulted the classified directory Ooh. for paper manufacturers. Okay. And this is a reference, I believe, to the first book when Fenton pulled out a thick file of all yeah. the wig shops and then found a piece of paper that said Bayport. <laughs> because apparently he has a directory of all the wig shops. And yeah, because he's a psychopath. And then it's sort of... <laughs> well, when you're dressing up as a pirate <laughs> yeah. four days a week, you're going to go through gotta some get wigs. wigs. <laughs> got to get some wigs, yeah. Can't all be long-haired curly. It's you know what? He could save a lot of money. Rather than buying all these wigs, if you just bought a Kaufman, it's more yeah, up yeah. front, but it's yeah. gonna last. Yeah, it's gonna last. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. Last. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get the you get what you get the Kaufmans through Harold Morley. Doesn't Morley sell the Kaufmans? Harold Morley of the Hamlin Company. Yeah, Harold he's Morley a happy of the customer Hamlin. of the Kaufman. He's, oh, a he's just a happy customer. So he has a Kaufstimer. raving reviews of. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can get <laughs> terrible. I know that was good. I hated it. I want to move on quickly. <laughs> Uh, but so they call a bunch of people and they learn uh, that the quality paper company in Bridgeport, <gasps> Bridgeport, Bridgeport keeps coming yeah, up. I keep hearing about this place. Manufactured, uh, the quality paper company in Bridgeport manufactured paper bearing the five-pointed star watermark. Nice. Uh, the brothers wanted to go at once and get more information, but they realized this Aaron would have to wait. Why? Why, why, why David? Yes, why, why, why? Dad will be home soon, Frank reminded his brother. We don't want to miss our surprise. Right. And I'd like to tell him about the warning on the arrow. But we still we still don't Priorities, know what the surprise boys. is. No. No. And it's driving me nuts. It is. I want to know. What a dumb thing to keep from us. They but tell it gets us you excited, everything though, the boys right? are thinking. Uh- <laughs> You know, this is the same thing of, like, bad advertising, when it's, like, the worst ad, and then as you're talking about what a stupid ad it was, somebody's like, well, hey, you're talking about it. Yeah. Like, well, shut up. Yeah, I, I yeah, know. I know talking about I know. It. And so, technically, Effective. it worked. Yeah. You're talking about the ad. I'm not talking This about is that. This yeah. is, like, this is such bad writing. <laughs> I want to turn the page. I want, I want to, to know what the surprise going. is. I want to know what the surprise yeah, is. Yeah, I'm just like them. He's got me in this position. You got us, Leslie. Yeah, yeah, I'm hooked. Hook, line, and sink. I know the surprise is going to help solve the case. Oh, for sure. It's going to be it. For what sure. if it's a bow and arrow? wonder if it's a better illuminator, one that doesn't cast <laughs> dazzling reflections. <laughs> Got to say it like that. <laughs> dazzling doesn't get used enough. Thank you. You know, it's I've a good word. I've been saying that yeah. for a long time. Dazzling eyes, dazzling <laughs> smile. I mean, dazzling, wow. You did it, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you gone done did it, Pete. Uh, so when Chet returns from his round of sports jobs, he was glum. I wasn't much help, he said. The Arrow isn't new, and all the stores I checked told me it was a standard model that could be purchased at any sports shop in the country. Never mind, Chet. (laughs) (laughs) Said Frank. At least giving your microscope a trial run helped us to spot the watermark on the second warning note, even though we had one of our own that's better and more expensive. (laughs) We've located a company that manufactures paper with the star watermark. Chet's face brightened. Let me know if you find out anything else, he said, packing up his microscope. I uh, guess I'll take (laughs) off. Uh, Do some nature study for a change. And then he drove off. I just wrote, 
Weird time to leave. <laughs> bye, bye, Chet. Okay, Chet. Yeah. I mean, clearly he wasn't wanted here by the Hardys. No, not That's one bit obvious. because they didn't stop him. Like, oh, well, Chet, like, yeah, bye. Oh, no, stick around. Actually, we have another question for you. No, just. Do you want to see the surprise dad's going to get us? Yeah, nothing. No. Just see it. Thanks just... for risking your life. Yeah. Sorry, your sister almost <laughs> got shot with an arrow with our names on it. Held on with adhesive tape. One of these days that arrow is going to hit you. It's just Predo and the trees. Like, this should be me. <laughs> <laughs> This is, I would love that, like, some awful, like, they're about to be shot with an arrow, and then, like, as they see, or about to be shot with a gun, and as the guy raises the gun point blank, yeah. he just gets hit in the chest with an arrow, <laughs> and it's Preto standing off, been following you the whole time, fellas. <laughs> I got you. Preto, there, out. There's a good one line in there, and I don't know it yet. About Preto? What Preto says after the guy gets shot in the heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This ain't a picnic anymore. Nice. See, there it is. I'm We've got that it. One. We've got it. Uh, so after they drove off, uh, their minds turned once more. After Chet drove off, uh, Frank and Joe walked to the house. Their minds once more turned to the surprise Mr. Hardy had <gasps> for them. Wouldn't it be terrific if Joe, Joe said, said to, to Frank, Frank excitedly, do you think it is? I'm just hoping Frank grinned. What a weird <laughs> for uh, I'm I'm trying to so this paragraph that is just Joe speaking, wouldn't it be terrific if Dash, as though he's getting cut off by somebody? Yeah. And then he cuts himself off, it looks like, and says, Do you think it is? And like I'm fine with them communicating like with the shining, if that's <laughs> yeah. what's happening here. But Would I'm, you like I'm, some ice cream. I'm titillated now. Yeah. That's what it is. As you should be. I've been teased. Yeah. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. This isn't dazzling writing. No. Uh, just then a newsboy delivered the evening newspaper, and the brothers entered the house and went into the living room. Frank scanned at the front page and pointed out an item about new trouble in an Indiana electronics plant. Okay. Okay. I wonder if that's going to come in later. That's where an explosion took place a couple months ago. A couple of months ago, Joe remarked. Sabotage, the investigators decided. And before that, Frank added... The same thing happened at a rocket research lab in California. Okay. Another unsolved case. Hmm. Seems almost like a chain reaction, Frank remarked. Nice. Now, we're going to leave this behind. Any mystery appeal to the boys, but they did not have much of a chance to discuss this one. Telephone rang, Gertrude. We go into another storyline here. But how are they not like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. We're We're working outside of a top-secret space missile control rocket plant today, and somebody shot an arrow at us and threatened us. Yeah. That's weird. There's two other <laughs> electronic and rocket companies that have been sabotaged. Sabotaged and, and this blown one to being pieces. outwardly aggressive toward us. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, well. What a coincidence. <laughs> On we go. <laughs> so they get a threatening phone call. What's the matter, Auntie? Joe asked. More threats, that's all, she cried out. This time by telephone. A man's voice. He sounded sinister. Horrible. Miss Hardy came into the living room at that moment. What did he say, Gertrude? She asked. Aunt Gertrude took a deep breath in an effort to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where your nephews got it from. (laughs) Hardy and his sons are playing with fire, the man said. They'll get burned. They don't <laughs> weigh off this case. 
Mrs. Hardy sniffed. I would like to imagine that she did like full replication, uh, like through her tears. Uh, what did she, what did he say? Like, well, he said, "You Hardy boys are playing with fire. You'll get burned if you don't lay off this case." It was awful. <laughs> Whoa. Gertie, Gertie, calm down. Yikes, calm down. I don't know what Casey meant. What kind of danger are you boys mixed up in now? And then Frank and Joe smile, and Gertrude, we really don't know, but please try not to worry. You know that Dad and the two of us will be careful. He said shortly after an arrow was shot <laughs> yeah. at them, they had no idea that it was coming, and they never found the bowman. Didn't you boys almost die a few months ago? And again and earlier again, today? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, but but we'll be careful. But we're fine. We nah, didn't no, no, die. No, I'm going to make a change. Invincible. <laughs> you seen that Frank movie? Frank Spelling the Space. <laughs> Ever since then. Did you see that movie with Mark Wahlberg? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going for. We're going to play uh, for the Eagles, Gertrude. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I'm going to walk onto the link. You ever seen Rudy? <laughs> That's going to be Joe. He's going to be put in for six seconds of game time. <laughs> He's not going to do nothing. He's going to sack somebody. <laughs> He's a sackman. Nice. Thank you. Uh, so Mr. Cardi, Mr. Hardy comes home a little later. His family told him about the threatening phone call. The boys, however, did not mention the arrow warning in the presence of their mother and Aunt Gertrude. They knew it would only add to their concern. It's a good choice. Mr. Hardy was puzzled as his was as puzzled as his sons. It's a funny thing, he said. At this point, it's impossible to tell which case the person is referring to. If I knew, it might shed light on either one. Ooh. The detective grinned and changed the subject. <laughs> right now, I want you all to come for a drive and have a look at the boy's surprise. <gasps> the surprise. So when I read this, I'm like, wait, is it a car? Like, we're going for a drive. Got the oh, boys surprised. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dazzling new car. Yeah, with a dazzling reflection. I don't <laughs> think it's a car, though. It's not a car. Swell! Frank and Joe exclaimed in unison. That's a weird word to <laughs> exclaim in unison. Yeah, what are they? Dude, I'm telling you, they're, they're shaggy and scooby here. Whoa. <laughs> zoinks. Oh, zoinks. Isn't that swell, Scoobs? So, uh, while Aunt Gertrude and Miss Hardy were getting ready, I don't know what that entails, uh, <laughs> Frank and Joe went out to the car with their father. So just the car, not a new car. Quickly, the boys related their afternoon's experience, concluding with the arrow incident. The detective looked grim. Whoever is responsible for these warnings is certainly keeping close tabs on us. Mm. Uh, and so they speculated for a few minutes on the fact that the pedal found in front of the house apparently had belonged to Ken Blake. I'm sorry, to Ken's bike. Still not convinced it's Blake. Just no, the bike. Just the bike. The one Belgian bike in town. Uh, and then here's one of my favorite things. I think Joe and I should go back tonight to the place where we had the picnic, <laughs> Frank told his father. In the darkness, we'll have a better chance to sleuth without being seen. <laughs> and there might be some clues we missed this afternoon. And I thought, no. <laughs> this is what I put a pin in earlier. Yeah. Let's go back when it's hard to see, because maybe we'll find something that we... We missed earlier when it was easy to see everything. Yeah. That is, I wrote the same thing. But how? It's dark. And now you have flashlights, which make you easier to spot. Yeah. You're the only glowing thing in all the darkness. You'd be the only motorcycles coming with headlights on <laughs> yeah. down the dirt road. People live in the, the old mill house. People live yep. there. They're going to hear your motorcycles. <laughs> 
They're going to see the lights. Yeah, and this you... was back in the time when everyone went to bed at 8 o'clock, so they're just prime sleeping yeah. right now. If they stop by at 8.30 in the middle of the night, yeah. they're going to be seen. I suppose you're right, agreed his father, who obviously wasn't listening. No. Otherwise, he would be like, maybe you boys shouldn't do that because it's a bad idea. You ever thought about fronts. going in the day? If <laughs> you guys thought about thought about when people are at work, maybe like when there's sun. Have you guys heard of this? Ten thirty, ten forty-five. It's a pretty good time. Breakfast, pre-lunch. Yeah, get a little brunch. Ever heard of brunch, kids? <laughs> and the Hardys never sleuthed again. <laughs> Dad, we want to give up detective and open up our own brunch shop. I suppose you're right, uh, but be cautious. So, Anchor and Miss Hardy come out of the house. Conversation about the mystery ceased. Everyone climbs into the sedan, and they drive off. Frank and Joe, seated alongside him, alongside Mr. Hardy, were in a state of rising suspense. Was the surprise the one thing they wanted <laughs> most of all? Oh, what a cliffhanger. That's the actual words. <laughs> Was the surprise the one thing that they wanted most of all? I just want to know what the one thing they want most of all is. If they draw this on... More than one more chapter, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, if they like get distracted on this drive and like hijacked or something, we don't get to the or surprise. We get one of those lose it weird chapters where the Hardys have nothing to do with it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it because people might already know. But the next chapter, I, I peaked, and it's called the Strange Mill Wheel. We're and not going to get anything. That's the not. I hope that's not the surprise. <laughs> oh, Dad, what we wanted most of all was a Strange, strange Mill Wheel. Mill wheel. <laughs> <laughs> We have the four other mill wheels, but they're all pretty normal. We wanted a strange, strange one. one. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You're the best. Oh, I loved this chapter, and it just goes to show that such a good chapter is part of a very, very bad book, and that's evident every step of the way. Yeah, it is not good. This book, I'm looking at the price on the back, five ninety five for this hardcover book. It's not a bad Top price. Left. I will also say, if you look... Seems a bit steep. <laughs> it's definitely steep. If you look at the drawing of Frank on the front, why does he have green in his hair? You see that? I wonder if we're going to get to this scene and he'll have been undercover disguised as a leprechaun at some point. Yeah. And that's what the green left in his hair is from his leprechaun disguise. You uh, thought I was. Yeah, I did. I did, I did. I did. I was like, "What Irish rhyme are you going to do here?" I don't know if we've talked about this, but you've seen Hot Tub Time Machine, right? I love Hot Tub Time Machine. How in in like present day, before they go back in time, uh, Crispin Glover has one the arm, hand. yeah, <laughs> and then every time they're in the pat, he's got both arms and like he's tugging on a suitcase <laughs> as the elevator door is closing, and everyone's like, "Huh? <gasps> is this it? Is this where he loses?" And like, there's all these things where he's like, "Oh, is that it? Is yeah. this when it happens?" And that's very funny. That's one of my favorite jokes from that. Uh, oh yeah, from the film. And that's what I think of every time. Like we're clearly done with the chapters. Like, oh, is this it? Is this a rhyme? I don't. Even, I think it's. I don't even think it's my turn. Really, you don't think it's your turn? I think I did Kevin and Seven last time, or Heaven. Heaven and Seven. Heaven. Like I got us to chapter seven. And and if you don't say well, something, I, I soon, guess we're, we're I guess you have a clean slate because <laughs> we're gonna just move on to chapter eight. I heard you start saying late. It was fate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember.